0: And they said, gee, I hope Hezbollah doesn't attack from the north because that's the most vulnerable spot. I said, wait a minute. But Hezbollah, they're very smart. And they have a national defense minister or somebody saying, I hope Hezbollah doesn't attack us from the north. So the following morning, they attacked. They might not have been doing it. But if you listen to this jerk, you would attack from the north because he said that's our weak spot. Whoever ever heard of officials saying on television that they hope the enemy doesn't attack in a certain area? hi yow Info Ninja. Friends, countrymen, and those not forgetting to pray for Israel, lend me your ears so I can welcome you back to the dojo. Leave anything for us? Just bodies. I'm serious, folks. If you're not doing it, start doing it. Pray for Israel. Just take a second and pray for both sides. We want peace to come there. We don't necessarily want one side to triumph over the other. But if I'm going to pick one... It's the Jews. Those are God's chosen people. Jesus is my best friend, and his best friends are the Jews. Those are his people, not just his chosen people. When God came and took human form, he became a Jew. So we need to back them up as Christians. We need to back them up as Americans. So please remember to pray. And speaking of things to remember, please remember to share this show, baby. You guys do such a good job of that. I really appreciate it. If you're watching slash listening to this on Rumble, just hit that share button. You can also find us anywhere podcasts are sold, so in most of those apps, they have share buttons too. So just hit that share button, text it to a friend, text it to an enemy, text to someone you're interested in. Info Ninja can start relationships, it can end relationships too. A little disclaimer there for you, but please share this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, baby. Yeah. So I'm a little embarrassed about what I'm going to talk about in this episode. I'm embarrassed because I am a a lifelong Christian. I was born and baptized Catholic. I now consider myself to be a non-denominational Catholic. That means I go where Jesus is and I did not know about this. What I'm going to talk about tonight, I mean I knew somewhat about it. I had like a a, a slight understanding. I dipped my toe in the pool before, but now I fully understand and I want to share it with you because I think it's a point that you may not understand. Now, I'm going to get into it deep about explaining why the holy war is happening, but not like you've heard before. I've heard people explain like the long conflict and what they're fighting about, and I never understood it in the way that I'm going to explain it tonight. So put on your seatbelt, put on your safety glasses, be prepared to share this show. This information is information. Once you learn it, you can't unlearn it. Bag says what? What? So let's start here. The Bible. The Bible is split into two halves, essentially. You have the Old Testament and you have the New Testament. The Old Testament is prophecy of the coming of Jesus and learning about God and the New Testament and the history of the earth. And the New Testament is Jesus. The man is on the scene, and it's it's really the payoff of the entire Bible. The payoff of the entire Jewish system really is ends with the book of Revelation. So I say this so you understand that what we're talking about today is Old Testament, but the Old Testament is always kind of, you know, letting us know, no spoilers, there's going to be a New Testament. So today's conversation is going to be about the Old Testament in the book of Genesis. And if you haven't read the book of Genesis, you know how it starts. The, The planet is born, God, you know, built us in seven days, and he is a God not to be messed with. So in in the book of Genesis, I believe it's chapter 12, a man called Abram, who eventually would be called Abraham, has no clue. Who God is not really anybody really understands it that much. And God pursues this one man, Abram, and reveals himself, not in totalitarianism, but shows him what he's all about and says, follow me. I've got plans for you, Abram. I want to do amazing things through you and your lineage, and I have a promised land for you. So what I want you to do is something that you never would do unless you married a woman, but I want you to leave your mother and father and just go. And I'm going to take you to a land, a land that we now know as the promised land. And this is the same land that is being fought over now 4,000 years later. So on this journey, Abram gets approached by God again. And, and God gives him this, this prophecy about his future and, and about the his his lineage and what's going to come from him and through him. This is basically, and it is, a series of promises, and just so you know, God doesn't break his promises ever. He's not a human. He's not like us. He doesn't, you know, change his mind. When he says something and he makes a promise, it's going to happen. He's going to keep his promise. Amen. These promises are known by theologians, people that study the, the scriptures, as the Abramatic Covenant. You might have heard that before, but now you know what it means. It's just the promises that God made to Abram on his route to the promised land. He made a series of really, you can sum them up into three different promises, but that's called the Abramatic Covenant. God making a covenant with Abraham. These three promises dealt with land, lineage, and Lord, the three L's. Who would get the promised land, who's going to get the lineage, and who's going to be the Lord, Jesus or the devil, or really in this case, Allah, but we'll get to that. So the first promise was the promise of land. And this is the promised land that he was being led to. And again, this is the land that is still being fought over 4,000 years later. This is Israel. This is that Gaza Strip area. I don't know if the Gaza Strip was included in it, but definitely Israel was included in it. Jerusalem, the whole nine yards. That was the promise of land made to the descendants of Abraham. The other promises, and definitely, arguably, the most important promises, I think, but you you can't really put importance on the promises of God, is lineage. So lineage was the fact that God told him that through his son and through his his son's sons will come a lineage that will deliver the Messiah to the earth. Will deliver the king to the earth, the man and they didn't call him Jesus at the time, but it was Jesus Christ. So you have land, the promised land, you have lineage that through your descendants will come Jesus, will come the Messiah, and then last but not least, Lord Who will be the Lord? It will be Jesus. It will be from you. It will be a Jew. It will not be Allah. It will not be anybody else. Land, lineage, Lord. And it's also important to note that through that lineage will birth a nation. That was a direct word from God. It will birth a nation. And that nation is Israel. Those people are the Jews. Land, lineage, Lord. It's what all this thing has been about the entire time. Now, when this happened... A war began immediately, and it was not an earthly war. This was a spiritual war. Satan was not a big fan of Jesus coming to earth, because if Jesus comes to earth, he knows that his time is up. When Jesus shows up, he knows that his battle is over. He loses. Game, set, match, point. Jesus will defeat him, so the devil is going to do everything he can to stop that lineage, and he did through history, everything he could to stop that lineage that would lead to Jesus. Jesus Christ. See, the thing you have to understand about Satan and the devil is that God is a builder and the devil is a breaker. He is the big counterfeiter. So if, if God likes it and does it, the devil hates it and tries to do the opposite. God creates man and woman. Well, the devil can switch that around and a woman can become a man and a man can be- become a woman. All of this trans stuff is from the devil. He is the great counterfeiter. And remember this, when you get those counterfeit Oakleys or that counterfeit Rolex, it may look like it, but they always end up breaking. They're never quite as good as the real thing. So now there's a spiritual war going on over who's going to get the land, who's going to get the lineage, so so what bloodline is going to survive and not be killed off, and who's going to be the Lord? Is it going to be Jesus, or is it going to be something else counterfeit? So if we skip ahead many chapters up to like, I think it's chapter 16 in Genesis, you get introduced to to Abram's wife. Abraham eventually is what he is called. His wife is Sarah. Now, she was very aware of the promise that God made to Abram that he would have a, a son who would give birth to a nation and would bring about the Messiah. And she was, you know, very excited about giving birth to that son. The problem was is that they kept a banging. They kept a doing it and nothing came out. I'm sure something came out, but nothing came out in the form of a baby. They tried, they tried, and they got older, and they got older, and they got into those elderly years where Sarah, at this point, was barren because she was so old. We know, guys, we can make it happen till the day we die, we can have babies, but she was past the point where she could be expected, reasonably be expected to have a child. So understandably, both of them were kind of going, hey, God, what is going on right now? You promised us, you know, the the, the land, the lineage, the Lord, uh, we've kind of, you know, got the land. Not really. We're still kind of searching for the right place. And, you know, the Lord's going to be down the road. But how do we have any lineage and how do we have any Lord if we don't have a baby? So Sarah, Abram's wife, being of little faith or thinking she's smarter than God, whatever it would kind of devised this scheme. She had an Egyptian handmaiden that I guess was very beautiful, young and fertile, and she said, why don't you have sex with my husband, okay, so take he'll take on a second wife, and then you can kind of be the surrogate that delivers us this baby. So, you get pregnant, you give us the baby. We're doing surrogates today, right? It's not that uncommon, but the problem is God made a promise, and God doesn't break his promises, ever. So, they might have been elderly, but they just needed to wait, Those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They had been waiting for a long time and they gave up. Abram goes along with the idea and he sleeps with Sarah. Now, this is a hard one to to wrap your brain around these days, because I think a lot of the listeners, if your wife or girlfriend came to you and said, hey, I want you to sleep with this hottie over here and it's a free pass free pass whatsoever you just got to knock her up i think we get some yeses probably in the audience right now we get a few yeses by the way if your wife or girlfriend does come to you with that offer it's a test it's a test guys pass the test and say pass no thank you not for me i'm sticking with you babe so abram goes along with the plan he starts banging hagar and the next thing you know she's pregnant she gives birth to a son and this apparently is the promised son right no it's not the promised son God said that Sarah would give birth not Hagar but she gives birth to Ishmael and God is not happy with this he's not a fan of them not having faith and not waiting on him not resting and waiting upon the Lord so he prophesizes about Ishmael's future and here's what he says about him and these are not great things he will be a donkey of a man His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hands against him. He will be an unrestrainable and untamable type of man. And, spoiler alert, to kind of jump to the future, Ishmael had 12 sons, just like the 12 tribes of Israel. Again, Satan playing counterfeit, the devil doing the exact opposite of what God is doing or trying to look like what God is doing. It's just never as good. The Oakleys are going to break. The Rolex is going to stop ticking. No shit. So as it turns out, God kept his promise. And if they just would have waited a little bit longer, Sarah, in her elderly years, got knocked up. And she gave birth to the son that, that was prophesized to come and, and start the lineage. And his name was Isaac. So now... Abram's got a problem. He's got two wives. He's got Sarah and he's got Hagar. He's got two sons. He's got uh, Isaac and he's got Ishmael. But there's only one covenant. And that covenant was made with God, unbreakable from God, that that baby would come from Sarah. And that would be the lineage that would give birth to the nation of Israel. They would get the promised land and they would bring about the Lord Jesus Christ, not Allah. Now, fast forward another 2000 years from then, and a man named Muhammad was visited one night by a demon, not an angel, not an angel. He tried to say it was an angel, but the problem was this angel came prophesying and saying things that were not part of God's word, that went against God's word. This angel was not an angel. It was a demon. The Bible even tells us that even if an angel appears before you and preaches something that is not of the gospel, that it's not an angel. It's a fallen angel. It's a demon. You don't parachute down and shoot civilians unless you're evil. You can't rape someone in the back of a pickup truck while people are watching you and there are dead body parts everywhere and be able to get erect in that situation unless you are evil. These are demons. One of these demons visited this guy named Muhammad and gave him a revelation, told him that he needs to go out and bring a new religion to the earth, that religion being Islam. And the major tenement of Islam is that the Abrahamic covenant was misunderstood, that the Abrahamic covenant that gives the land and the lineage in the Lord actually comes from Hagar. It is actually Ishmael, not Sarah and Isaac. They believe that that Abrahamic covenant is theirs, that because Abram had sex with Hagar and had a baby, a boy first, that that means that the covenant goes to him and thus All the other stuff goes to them. So the promised land is theirs and that's why they keep fighting over it. The lineage is theirs. That's why they want to destroy the Jews and kill every single one of them. And the Lord is theirs as well. Not the Lord Jesus Christ, the true Messiah, the true Lord. Instead, a counterfeit version of that named Allah. They believe that they are the descendants and these are the Arabs and these are the Palestinians. They are the direct descendants of Ishmael and Hagar. I had no idea i've i've been around this stuff my whole life and i really had no idea now i've come to know god and jesus definitely more in my adulthood and definitely more in the last five to ten years it's never been stronger and baby if you don't have jesus just stop and ask him to come into your heart and he will do it and your life will change get yourself a bible and read it just reading the words not even knowing what it's about there's power in that you don't believe me just try it your life will change for the better. That is correct. Now, hopefully you understand this whole thing a little bit more. It all goes back to the book of Genesis in the Bible in Ishmael and Isaac. A woman screwed the whole damn thing up again. We had Adam and Eve, and Eve tempted Adam to eat some of the fruit. That's where sin began. That's where everything got screwed up. And now this big split, this big problem is about a chick and sex. What do you know? No, I'm not ripping on the ladies. I'm not ripping on the ladies because if we didn't have a virgin birth, we wouldn't have Jesus. If we didn't have that that miraculous birth from Sarah, we wouldn't have the lineage that brought us Jesus. So I'm not ripping on the ladies, but I'm just saying now you know, and knowing is half the battle. Hi, yeah! Info Ninja. This is our life, this is our sin But us to believe.